0: Welcome to the Seller Roundtable E-Commerce Coaching and Business Strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So, Mike, um, uh, actually, I want to circle back here real quick. Usman asked, can you give a bit of insight into fixed bidding? So, Usman, the, when you um, create a campaign, uh, Amazon, I think about a year ago now, it might have been a little longer, kind of had these three options where the uh, what it used to be before these options was, Uh, reduce bids if it's less likely to convert uh, then uh, there's raise or reduce bids depending on if it's likely to convert and then fixed bid um, which is like absolutely do not touch my bids I know better than you Amazon Um, so that's what we're talking about when we're getting into um, uh, into those fixed biddings and uh, our fixed uh, bidding on the campaigns and Mike made a great point and you know I've talked about this before is That, you know, either uh, any of those options won't work well until the data is there. Right. Usually it's about a minimum of two weeks before those actually go to work. And what I've noticed is if you enable them too early, you actually will just, will will just burn money. What do you, what what do you think about that? Mike, am I on on point there? Are
1: you talking about enabling the dynamic up and down and dynamic down only?
0: Right. Exactly. Like the three options. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So by default in 2019, it's, it was dynamic down only. So I would say a safe bet would be to use that or fixed bidding to start. I would not touch dynamic up and down until you have plenty of data. And even at that, I would test it and just look at it every couple of days to make sure you're not bleeding money. Cause when you do that, you're allowing Amazon to raise your bid by up to a hundred percent. And, um, like I said before, they love to spend your money.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, Vanessa asked. Uh, uh, we were talking about coupons. Do they have a, a, an expiration date? Uh, uh, Vanessa, they do. But uh, so a lot of people get uh, promotions and coupons mixed up. Com- coupons was is a little bit newer than promotions. Promotions are those, you know, things that you can spin up. That's either uh, a single code or uh, single use codes, and that's the ones where, you know where you used to put on launch services and things like that um and and then uh coupons are actually will show up on the page on amazon it's that orange little badge that says like hey get an extra dollar off um those are coupons Uh, that's what we're talking about and it's in your um under your marketing uh column in your seller central dashboard there you can find the coupons uh selection um i just want to make sure Uh, Stephen's asking understanding that driving external traffic to a new new listing won't have the same conversion versus PPC to what extent does that help drive ranking in the early days so uh, Stephen's asking about you know kind of launching you know with diverse traffic versus PPC I I think Stephen is what you're saying Mike what's your theory on that in terms of you know PPC along with off site diverse traffic.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good idea to combine both. And I would take advantage of PPC first because that's going to have the highest conversion rate. But then if you can layer on rebates, if you can layer on, if you have your own audience, that'd be even better to start to drive traffic from all sorts of channels. So I think a diverse uh, launching uh, strategy is the way to go. Um, But a lot of sellers are just doing PPC and doing quite well with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the sad thing is, is PPC, you actually used to be able to rank, uh, just with PPC alone. Um, it's not quite the case anymore. I mean, you definitely can uh, increase your rankings with PPC of course, cause it's sales driven, but, um, you used to be able to get really aggressive with PPC and, and rank organically. Um, unfortunately that's not quite the case anymore. Um, Mike, what, what do you, uh, what, what's your experience right now with video ads? I know that's for us, video ads have been killing in terms of return on investments. Uh, you know, our, our, uh, you know, we, we've been getting like, you know, a row as of like seven on, on a lot of keywords and things like that. And it, what I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, is that it, it is back to 2015 in terms of keywords on those video ads. Like they're pretty much showing your ad to, to almost any keyword that you put in there, as long as it's semi-relevant. Um, what, what's your experiences with you, with video ads for yourself or your clients? And, and what do you, what do you see that's working?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Video ads are working really well right now. In fact, they are by far the hottest ad type. And I think it's going to get even better before it gets more, more uh, congested. So back you know, about a year ago, they launched the video ads, I think the end of 2019. And it was a really good hot opportunity. If you're selling overseas, it's brand new right now. So if you're selling in Germany and the UK, make sure you take advantage of that as well. These video ads right now don't have to be super crazy or sophisticated. You don't have to go spend thousands of dollars. You may may even be able to get away with like a slideshow or even like your own video phone, you know, doing something with your own phone, something simple and easy, but take advantage of this right now because it is hot. It is the very best. And when you think about it, it is taking up such a massive amount of real estate. So it's taking up the same amount of real estate as four sponsored product ads, which is insane. And it's a beautiful looking ad. So it's, 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 when you think about the price, you're also not paying until somebody clicks on your ad. So you're getting all of that visibility for your brand and only having to pay when somebody who's really interested in your product clicks on your ad and goes to the product listing. So that's why the conversions are really good and the performance is really good. And even from a brand visibility standpoint, it's an excellent play right now. So if you're looking for a quick tip, go to Canva, you can make some videos there, it's really super cheap. Um, you can hire someone on Fiverr. There are some affordable options. When you start getting a little bit more expensive, like $250 to $300, you can get a little bit more of a higher quality video, but you don't have to do that early on, especially now. I think eventually you will have to do that. As the bigger players come into space, there's more competition. Your production quality is going to have to go up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about uh, using Canva for videos. I think it was, was it last episode, Amy? That's absolutely a great tool, especially if you don't really know what you're doing. It's kind of, you can, you, like I, I told Amy, I, I spun up a video in under five minutes for one of my products using that. And uh, I absolutely agree. And it used to be the headline ads, right? Like a couple of years ago, headline ads, nobody's using headline ads, but you got this like huge, massive real estate on the top of the, uh, of the search results. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, now, I mean, if I were going to, going to choose between the two, I'd go video ads. Like you said, you know, especially if you make that ad really eye popping, uh, you know, there's definitely, I've been, I've been like looking on purpose, like just searching Amazon and seeing the ads that people are doing just to get ideas for myself. And some, some, uh, brands are doing some really, really cool stuff. So, um, I suggest that you guys do that. Just start searching Amazon on the desktop and uh, they're doing it on, on the mobile as well, but I don't see it as much. Um, I think they're just kind of testing it here and there on, on mobile, um, but check it out because um, the, the, some of the video ads that they're doing are, are really cool. Uh, Mike, uh, people always debate me on day parting. What are your feelings on day parting? And um, you know, how, how can people put day parting uh, to work for, uh, for their PPC?
1: Hmm, feelings on day parting. So, you know, we have that enabled in our tool. A lot of sellers use it. I'm not a huge fan of day parting. Um, you know, I feel like there's still opportunities to sell throughout the entire part of the day. Plus, we don't have the data. If we had the data to really tell us exactly, you know, when people were purchasing our products, then I, w- I would say, okay, go ahead and do it. But we really don't. Um, so I would say bid optimization in general is, is just the way to go with that. Um, that's my take. I don't know what your take is, Andy, but um, I would say day parting it's not right now worth the extra time and effort. I'd rather put that into creative work. I'd rather put that into branding. I'd rather put that into expansion. Um, I think there's other ways to spend your time.
0: Yeah um it's, it's so it's day parting to, to for me, I've seen some mixed results you know on both sides. Um, where I really do like day parting is during uh, busy uh, holidays like like right now and the reason why I love day parting during this time of year is because, um, a, a lot of times I won't even start displaying ads until like noon or, you know, depending on, you know, your account, uh, sometimes 10 a.m., sometimes 7, it just depends. Uh, we we kind of look at last year's data and then look at this year's data in terms of, you know, kind of time of day people are shopping. Um, and then, uh, you know, what we've noticed, though, is that later in the day as people budget out, right, because so many sellers don't know this time of year that, that you know, you the more important thing is to not touch your bids and touch your budgets, right? So like if you had a, for example, like a hundred dollars uh, a budget on your campaign every day, like the first thing you should do is just change that budget to a higher budget and see if you burn through it, right? If you do, then you turn, make it to 300. Then you make it to 400. As long as you're, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, hitting your, your target A um, or, you know, whatever goal that you're going for there. But, you know, then you go back, if you, if you get to a point where you're now no longer, you know, topping that budget out, then that's when you can start raising bids. But I always like to say, go budget first, then bids, especially for Q4 and and the holidays.
1: Right. Yeah, I would say, I would say that's a good idea. And also budgeting in terms of like the, the, the goal of the campaign. So, a lot of sellers, um, you know, they're spending a lot of budget on more discovery-based campaigns and that could get very expensive. So start to think about where you wanna allocate your budget and those like maybe 20% or 30% goes to discovery to get that brand awareness. And then you can allocate it the, you know, I would love to have campaigns that are running at a 20% a cost and uncap that budget and get sales all day long and not have to worry about budgeting or day partying or anything like that. Just get the sales all day long. But for campaigns that are discovery, I may want to consider doing more day parting because that could become very expensive. I could blow through that aspect of my budget a lot sooner. Um, so that's just one more little caveat to add in. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's that's great advice. Um, and so we got a couple more questions. Uh, Usman's asking: Is it possible to lay out a launch strategy for a product? Should we just focus on PPC or PPC? Or external traffic, Usman. Uh, you know, Amy and I talk about this all the time. Uh, I don't know, Mike, how you feel, but I always love, especially when launching, to do diverse traffic. Um, you know, to me, the more natural looking the traffic is, the the more Amazon will reward you in terms of ranking and even, uh, you know, converting on PPC. Uh, a trick that a lot of people don't realize uh, that they can do is, you can you can say, for example, you you know you're targeting, um, you know, paperclip. You can send a google ad or even a facebook ad but i like google because the clicks are cheap to amazon to uh the keyword paperclip and um you know with with the two-step url or you know depending on how you how you can frame that it doesn't work quite as well as it used to but you can drop the results where your product is in the results with that keyword um and then Use the ad. So, in other words, you're bidding on that that keyword as well. So that when they they come from Google, they go to Amazon, and then they click on your ad. And then the Amazon algorithm goes, "Oh, wow, this ad's really getting a lot of play." And then they'll start tamping up more and more traffic for uh, giving you more and more uh, impressions and traffic for for those keywords. So, um, I I absolutely love diverse traffic. Pinterest, Google, you know, wherever you can get that traffic from uh, influencers you know, Instagram, wherever you can get it from, wherever your, your target customers live for sure. Um, Mike, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And just to add to what Andy said, make sure that you have some kind of strategy and budget in place for this because it can get very expensive very quickly. So if you're spending, let's say, a certain amount of money on your advertising budget, and your outside traffic budget, make sure you know what that is and how long this launch strategy is going to be. Otherwise, it could just really eat into your product's profitability. But like Andy said, a diverse strategy is really, really good. And combining that with advertising, I believe is the way to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Mike, in terms of uh, we were talking, to, uh, I was talking a little bit about headline ads. Uh, in terms of headline ads and par- uh, product targeting ads, uh, you know, where do you think people go wrong in both of those target? You know, those those ad types because, you know, people th- that's kind of the next level of, of, of advertising on Amazon, right? Like the, the the auto campaigns, the manual campaigns; those are kind of like the basics, right? You you said you know if you're just starting out, definitely that's what you want to do. But let's go into you know kind of the the upper echelon here in terms of headline ads, product targeting ads. Uh, you know, where do you think people go wrong once they start dabbling in in that realm?
1: Yeah. So, what's really exciting is that you can do product targeting across all the different ad types now. So, what I would really uh, suggest people do is they go to Amazon and look at all the different ad types and really get familiar with where the ads show up and what you're actually bidding on, because it can be quite overwhelming go through Amazon, go through the search results, go through the product detail pages, and just start to get a picture as to like where things are showing up and also start to visualize your strategy with all of these different things. Because if you're talking about product targeting, now that's really going to show up on product detail pages and also search results, which is a little bit confusing. And I think sellers get a little uh, have a little trouble with that as well. But product targeting is available on sponsored products, sponsored brand and sponsored display. When we're talking about sponsored product ads, These ads can still show up on search results. So for example, if I do product targeting, I'm targeting a certain ASIN, I'm also targeting the search terms uh, related to that ASIN as well. So just keep that in mind that you're going after that ASIN and wherever that ASIN shows up. Also that ASIN's product detail page as well. Now you wanna leverage the auto campaign and category targeting campaigns to then harvest those ASINs and then use them in a diversified approach across all three ad types. Now that's the basic way to get started. You get those ASINs, put them in sponsored brand ads, sponsored product ads and sponsored display ads. Now product targeting is available and you start to build out your strategy from there. Now there's all sorts of great ways to build upon that. In fact, Andy, um, someone just released a nugget for the Days of Nuggets on how to find an incredible amount of ASINs to target using product targeting. And I'm gonna release this nugget now because why not? Um, They suggested going to Keepa And they list out all of the child variations quickly and easily in a Keepa search. I think it's like $9 a month. And then you take all that, you put it into one campaign and you target all of those ASINs with a relatively low bid. I think he suggested like 0.7% of your average cost per click. And then you start from there. Um, And he has really done really well with sponsored display ads and product targeting. The point is you wanna find ASINs where you have some kind of an advantage or you have uh, conversions from the search term report and start to build that out in your product targeting campaigns, and then really start to build out that funnel with product targeting. I actually love product targeting. I think it's underutilized by sellers still. I think there's a lot of room for sellers to grow there. Um, And and we could talk so much about it, but um, did that answer your question?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and I, I absolutely agree with you, uh, Mike. One of the other things we love to do too is just do the once again the brand analytics that you know that you mentioned before. If you have that tool, you, you yeah. know a lot of people yeah. don't realize they'll show you the first most clicked, the second most clicked, and the third most clicked ASINs related to those search terms in that brand analytics report. So we love to do product targeting that way as well. Um, but I, I love that the 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 uh, using Keepa and and some of the other tools out there to pull ASINs. Um, you know, if you get advanced, you can even start doing some scraping with, uh, Chrome extensions and there's all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, once you get deep in the, into that world, you can spend all day, like you said, <laughs> getting creative. Yeah, and
1: let's, let's talk about category targeting too, because category targeting is a way to do product targeting just on a category level. So what's really cool about this is if we have different parts of the funnel that we're trying to fill out, let's say we have the discovery part of the funnel, where we're trying to get our ads out in front of more shoppers. We could take whole categories and test whole categories. Now, starting off with a lower bid, testing out these categories to see where we get some traction. And then from those categories, we're going to pull the ASINs and then target them later on down the funnel because we know that it connects with the shoppers. So then we could take those ASINs and put them in more into the consideration part of the funnel or the more buyer intent part of the funnel. Um, So that would be a category targeting in the discovery phase is great. But then also you can use category targeting with refinements. So that basically means that you're targeting the ASINs within those categories where you have some kind of a competitive advantage. Maybe it's review star rating, maybe it's price, maybe it's prime eligibility, could be all of those things. But now you're funneling or you're filtering out the ASINs in that category where you are better than your your competition and you're showing up there as well. So I love category targeting as well because it's going to help feed your funnel with ASINs that you can then target later on and start to build out that ASIN list.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I do the same thing. Um, the other thing that you know uh, a lot of people don't realize is that you can target tons of different categories for super low bids. Um, like w- one of the one of the um, categories I was targeting, I, man, I probably shouldn't tell this because I've been getting mm. such a good deal on it. Everyone's gonna go do it now. But but movie and movies and TV shows, like the movie and TV show category, Whoa. nobody's nobody's advertising on those. And there's because t- it's all digital, right? So it's tons and tons of digital um, products out there that nobody's advertising on. Cause it, you know, it doesn't, it might not relate to whatever you're selling, but if you just target you like on, on the targeting, you can target movies and TV shows, like not just specific ones, but the whole channel. <laughs> so you can get some, some pretty crazy, uh, uh, results there. Um, so you guys can try that out. Uh, hopefully it's in a couple of months after, you know, Q4 here. So you don't, you don't move in on my, uh, on my ads there, but, uh, that's it. Yeah, and also,
1: with DSP, if you have access to DSP or someone, you know, has access to DSP, you can actually go in and figure out the audience affinities and see which audience have some overlap, which is really cool. I was looking at that today and you could type in, let's say grill brush and then get the top 30 categories based on grill brush. And you could find things like, you know, fishing poles for grill brush, because there's an overlap of the, of the categories. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to have like these super low a cost campaigns. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but if starting to fill out your funnel, what better way to fill out your funnel than to go after audiences that are related to what you're selling. And then if you start off with a lower bid, you may show up on the bottom of the first page or maybe even the fourth page. But if somebody's browsing and they're seeing your product, they may come purchase your product later on months down the line because you did those category targeting campaigns.
0: Yeah. Another another good tip on that as well is is the other thing I like to do is to go into books and pick out you know books or categories of books that relate to your products, right? So say you're you know, you're selling a bicycle or a water bottle, you can go and target books about cycling or, you know, hiking or things like that. So that's another kind of hack there on those, on those uh, targeting ads. Uh, Like Mike said, we could, we could deep dive on that probably for, for an entire episode. There's some really cool things you can, you can do there. But Mike, what I want to talk about next is defensive advertising. There's so many people that don't do it. Uh, don't even understand what it is. Can you kind of talk about, uh, you know, do you guys do any defensive, uh, advertising, uh, for your clients and things like that? And if so, kind of explain what you guys do.
1: Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what a defensive advertising is, go to Amazon right now and go to, um, genius supplements. They do a fantastic job of defensive uh, advertising. And essentially what that is, is protecting the pathway to the purchase. So there's going to be shoppers who are going to go on your product detail page and they may stray to your competition. They may see something, another shiny object. They may see a a nicer headline. They may see a lower price. All of these different things could take them off of your page and could then hurts your conversion percentage. So defensive advertising one can help improve your conversions because you're keeping people on your page and not help. They're not straying as much, but two, it shows people that you have a diverse portfolio of products and you can actually swarm your product detail page and also the search result page with your own products. Now, a lot of sellers say, Hey, well, doesn't that mean I'm paying for ad space that I wouldn't necessarily have to pay for because they're gonna buy my product anyway. Well, maybe and maybe not in fact in Google they recommend doing this because you can lose a good chunk of sales over time and that shoppers those shoppers would have come back to you over and over again, but now you're losing them to your competition. So you want to play defensive advertising and this is great. what you can do, I highly recommend is getting and this is easy to do taking your own ASINs and doing sponsored display product targeting against your own ASINs, doing sponsored product uh, ASIN targeting against your own ASINs, and even sponsored brand ads because sponsored brand ads are now showing up on the product detail pages as well. And if you go and look on Amazon Genius Supplements, you will see, go down their product page, you see nothing but Genius Supplements. It is like crazy how good they've done this. So now that's what we do with our clients. If they have a diversified portfolio, that's great. If you have two or three SKUs, it doesn't work quite as well because, you know, obviously there's other places for sellers to to put their advertisements. But one other thing that you can do also is you can put a bundle and a bundle is going to show up right below the uh, bullet point section and it's going to push down advertising. So if you have a couple of products, you can make a bundle, push your competition away from that buy box, keep people looking at your products and just play defense.
0: That's solid. And what, <clears throat> excuse me, what most people don't realize is when you're uh, advertising on your own uh, product page, for example, the the A cost is going to be really, really low because you, because people are already expecting to buy that product, and so they're already, you know, they're like, oh, there's a different color, or there's a different variation, or there's something similar. And so what we've noticed is on a lot of our defensive advertising, especially our keywords, you know, our brand name, things like that, is you, the A cost is extremely low. We're talking like, you know, 5% or something like that. So you can't look at it like, oh, I'm, I'm paying for somebody who's already going to buy. That might be true, but you're also saving, you know, you're saving your, uh, your sale. So, I mean, you know, if you add tack on 5% to what your normal ads spend would be anyway, it's really nothing in terms of, uh, the grand scheme of things. So um, yeah, I love that, Mike. And you, you did a good job explaining that.
1: Yeah, so. and talking about the pathway for defensive advertising, when you think about it, if somebody is actually looking for your brand, they'll, they're will going to type in your brand name or the name of your product, then you should show up at the very top, sponsored brand ad. So you're going to have a sponsored brand ad that's an uh, opportunity to introduce a new product. If you're trying to launch a new product, introduce that to an audience that already know, likes, and trust you. But then also below that, you have sponsored product ads. You want to make sure that you have sponsored product ads that are layered. And then of course, you're probably going to have the organic visibility. So the whole page is likely going to be you. But I've seen a lot of cases where sellers don't do that. And you can lose lose shoppers that way. Uh, And then of course, like what we just discussed on the product detail page, you could just swarm that entire page.
0: Absolutely, I love it. So on that same note, this is kind of on that on that same kind of uh, theme. You know, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, I'm on page one. You know, I'm the third result. You know, should I turn off my my PPC for for that keyword or that placement or whatever?" I I see it all the time, and I feel like it's I, I'm it's never ending. Me, you know, responding to that. So. Uh, you know, Mike, I, I I have to ask anybody who's a PPC related guest, I have to ask this question because we have to. I, I think we just have to continue to drill it into people's heads.
1: So, can I give a one word answer for this? Yes. No.
0: <laughs> All right, absolutely. That that's right, perfect. Yeah, so,
1: uh, you know, look look <laughs> at the look at the full picture of your advertising and the impacts it's having. That look at the ad spend margin impact. Look at all look at all of this stuff, and and ask yourself: Do you really want to lose that sale? The that sale is having an impact later on, helping you with so many other things. So I kind of went more than the one answer, but my answer to that is no. Don't turn it off if it's working. And but also look at the full picture. Look at the ad spend margin impact. Look at the profitability. Look at the organic to PPC sales ratio. And if all things are good, then just keep it on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I always like to tell people, you know, the way I like to look at it is. You know, the, the old adage, I think it was like you have to hear a brand seven times before you, you, you know, uh, or see a product seven times before you buy it. or hear a brand seven times, I think is, is the old adage. I think it's even more now. But, um, you know, my old thing is like the more you see that product on the page, the more likely you're going to click on it, right? It's just like the, the primal brain seeing something over and over again being like, oh, I guess that's it, you know, click, click. So that's the other thing that I really like to kind of point out. Uh, We have a good question, which is um, if you have one product with variations, do you uh, advertise all the variations in the ads or do you set up uh, separate ads for each? I I don't think she means separate ads. I think she means separate um, ad groups for each uh, child ASIN.
1: That's a good question. So likely one of those products or one of those variations is going to bring in the most amount of sales, the classic 80-20 principle. So I would focus in on that one ASIN first and really get that moving. Um, And then, you know, see if there's anything that's different about the other ASINs, you can then set them up maybe with their own unique keywords or just test them out to see how they perform relative to the ASIN that's getting the most amount of traffic. I would say though, most of the times the one or two SKUs from that group of SKUs is going to get the majority of the sales. I would start there and then branch out from there. You could do a separate campaign. I don't like putting multiple nations into one campaign because then it gets very much harder to really focus in on the targeting, like with the placement modifiers and bid targeting and all that kind of stuff. I like to separate it out. That's my personal preference, but you could likely do it both ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and Vanessa, what we've done too in the past is <clears throat> if we're uh, doing research, right, if we're in the research phase, like say with an auto campaign, sometimes we will put all the ASINs together and we kind of have them uh, battle each other, right, and see uh, which one performs the best and then we'll start shutting uh, the, the non-performers off. And, and just like Mike said, kind of the 80-20, you know, leave the one or two that are, are most likely to convert on. Um, and then spin up another campaign with the the performers that you know the the ones that weren't performing well, maybe at a at a lesser bid or something like that. So there's some things you can do to kind of play with those setups. Um, but uh, yeah, I always like to to go for the high performers, and especially if it's a variation um, listing, then that one ASIN will you know if it's showing up early in the list um, or or in the search results, then when they click there your other ASINs are automatically gonna be um, you know gonna automatically get rank boost and and uh, purchases from that one strong asin all right Mike we are at one of my favorite times of the episode mm. which is I love to hear about what people are reading podcasts motivational materials kind of what 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 are you are you are you one of those people who listens to like audible everywhere you drive around? Um, are you, you know, are you one of those who's like, you know, I'm in the car, I want silence. Like what, what are you into right now in terms of, of learning personal development, anything like that?
1: So my answer to that is both. I love silence. I start my day every morning with meditation. I'll do about 30 minutes of chilling with a little bit of YouTube music. And I put on this frequency vibrational music and it gets me in the right state. Then I perk up some coffee and I get to work for an hour and then I hit the gym. So I think silence and internal silence is critical for creativity and also for peace of mind. But then I like to learn. I, I really miss events. I really truly miss events. Online events. Don't do it for me quite as much, but I learn through going to events and I learn through podcasts and books. Um, Currently I'm reading a book on relationships. A a girl that I'm dating uh, told me to read it or suggested it. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll read that book. Um, So I like to learn about a diverse group of topics, you know, um, personal growth, development, mindset, business strategies, advertising. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to even my competitors podcast, just absorbing all sorts of information to just, you know, be as uh, diversified as I can. And it's never ending. I never feel like I know it all ever. So yeah. Um, yeah, Andy, I love to learn and grow. In fact, I don't feel good if I'm not learning and growing. I quickly lose my confidence if I'm not learning and growing.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, you know, the people who really excel know that they know that they don't know everything and they're always trying to learn. And even if they think they're the top person in their field or whatever, they should always be, you know, looking at other people because people are always turning dials and always figuring things out and always finding a better way of doing something. So to me, you know, if you're not doing that, then, you know, you're going to lose to the people who are. So definitely stay hungry when it, turn, when, it when it comes in uh, in terms of learning, guys. All right, so Mike, what's next? You know, uh, tell people where they can find you, where they can learn about your tools, where they can learn about. You know, do you have YouTube channels? Anything you want to share right now to, to uh, let people reach out and and uh, see what you're up to?
1: Yeah. So first off, if you're listening to this, it may be after the days of nuggets, but we're still going to have the website live. So please head on over to daysofnuggets.com and consider donating 89 dollars or more to get access to like incredible nuggets from amazing people in the space. Um, and that money will go towards Operation Underground Railroad to help fight child slavery. So that's what I'm working on right now. We have a couple of days left. And then PPC Entourage, we're working on uh, integrating all the different ad platforms into our autopilot. And we're also working on building out the margins tool. I have big plans for the margins tool. Right now it's, uh, it's very much in its infancy, but there's a lot of people that are, in, in, are open to the idea of helping me build it. So I'm really excited about that. And who the hell knows what the future is going to bring, but uh, bring it on. I'm excited to see uh, where where I head next.
0: All right. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much. And Mike, just like I tell everyone, the, the state of Idaho welcomes you with open arms. If you're Oh, you're, I know,
1: Andy. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm stuck uh, in New York.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We just heard that our uh, our county is uh, locked down again until like January 9th back in California. So we're like, whoo, we made it out just in the nick of time. Uh, all right, guys. Nice. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as usual, we really appreciate everybody who joined us live, guys. Thank you so much. If you have not joined us live before, make sure you get on here live. You get to you know, get all the stuff right now, which would be Q4 stuff you know, that we're t- talking about that would make a huge impact. So make sure you join us live, guys. Sellaroundtable.com forward slash live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time is when we do this. You get to come in. You get to talk to great minds like Mike and Amy. And you know, I get to be the jester with the funny hat on like this. Um, so thank you guys so much for, for listening and, and being with us. Uh, and if you haven't yet, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. We continue to grow. Uh, we continue to kind of, to, to get a little bit more, well, well known in the space, which is awesome. Cause we, Amy and I, we, Amy, we've been at this for a while, so <laughs> that's really yeah. nice. To see you guys. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to see you guys. Uh, really thank you for that. And we will see you next time on the Sell Around Table.